There are many strange happenings in the wild country of British Columbia, and none more so than the singular event of coming into contact with a Sasquatch. In the indigenous tongue of a native people, the males are known as the Bukwas, and the females are named Sanakwa. The people who seek them out are known as Sasquatch researchers, and the following reports are from the files of one such man, Canada's preeminent Sasquatch researcher and seeker of the truth, Thomas Steenberg. This fellow lived on Burns Road in the night of November 2008. Called Kevin. He's a saloon owner in the general mission area. He was just heading home at 2 o'clock in the morning after closing up and he said this thing was just standing on the side of the road. And he passed it. And it really didn't hit him until he was like a, almost to the point where his driver begins. He goes, what the heck was that? You know, it just didn't click. And when he got it, and when he drove home, and this is him describing where he saw it, except he said it was actually in the ditch and its head was higher than him. But here's the funny thing. This is the property. This is the spot where it was standing. But if you look at this sign over the driveway, the property sign, it says Bigfoot. <laughs> it's actually a, a paintball or airsoft range that they've named Bigfoot. So I'm wondering, ah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <coughs> they got, do they have little, like, little fun Bigfoot hunts with a guy in a suit and they go shoot at him or something like that? And they said, no, they don't, no, they don't. And the guy was like, you tell me there was a Sasquatch scene right at the my door. And he goes, yeah, well, he said, it was hoax, we didn't do it. <laughs> so he's either making it up or another mystery on our hands. <coughs> now this young lady, it goes to show you how you don't always have to be back in the bush. Just south of Langley on two on 200 Street near the Cape, uh, 18th Avenue turnoff, you know where I'm talking about? 200th Street. It's a beautiful road south of there. If you ever want to get into, you know, the West Coast areas of South Vancouver or, you know, down along that area, and you don't want to take the Trans Canada Highway and pay the toll on the bridges, it's a nice way to go. But on April 4, 2009, uh, 2009 this lady was headed south and she saw this figure across the road in front of her. She didn't know what to make of it. It was raining hard, she didn't know who would be out there. It was hot, muggy, and she said, this was a man, he was wearing a fur coat and a fur suit. She couldn't figure that out. This is where it happened. This is like the 18th Avenue turnout. That's my old Suzuki there that I had before I rolled it and nearly killed myself. Yeah, so I'd be far from that. There's enough bush over there. Yeah, there's also a Boy Scout camp there. Yeah. So a lot of people think, how could a Sasquatch be seen in an area like this? Well, if you ever go there, you go there at night, I think a whole herd of woolly mammoth could go through there between the houses and people wouldn't see them. So no, it's not surprising, not surprising at all. So I asked her to draw me a little picture of what she said. <coughs> this is what she drew from me. She saw it from the back, upright, walking, hair coming. Massive size. She has no idea what it was or who it was. 
said, that was a man, that was the biggest man I ever saw. Even the locals home. This charming lady, we'll call it Vera, she just lives down Highway 7 in the Roche. Real feisty. I asked her her age, she said, I'm still young enough to kick your butt for asking that question. <laughs> but she was just outside. She asked, she lives in the trailer park there. She heard the dog neighbor's dogs going nuts. And she couldn't figure out why the dogs are going crazy. Though there had been people who said they'd seen a cougar in the area recently. So she thought that might be She went out for a while. She looked towards the, the tire swing where the kids play at. And she didn't see a cougar in it. She saw a large gorilla-like figure standing right behind the trees looking at her. I'm standing right, I took this picture from where she was standing. And it was standing right in behind these trees there. And she could see it moving from side to side and behind these trees. Very tall. And this is an astounding sight because it happened on September the 18th around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was an overcast, misty, rainy day. But this is like the tracks go right through town. That's the town hall right across the tracks on the other side. You know, there's always people there. There's houses there. How could something like this walk down the railway line without being seen? Well, I look at my logical mind. If this story did happen the way she did, says it did, she's telling the truth. It didn't get there without being seen. She saw. Maybe she was just the first after the dogs. And the thing looked at her, and she could see it clearly enough through the shadows. She said, it's one point. She said, it almost looked like it had a wound of some kind on its upper lip. That's the only way she described it. She could see what she thought was a wound or something on its upper lip. She didn't know if it was a cleft or something like that. She said, it looked, and it had a, and its eyes were just open when it was looking at her. She said, its eyes were just looking at her wide-eyed in amazement. And so it had a, what the heck are you doing here, kind of look like. And she said it just, she tried to move back. All it did was it turned around and it started walking down along the tracks. She lost sight of them along the bush. And when I went to see her in an interview where we had to tell a story, she told all the neighbors that I was here to inquire about the cougar because she didn't want any of her neighbors knowing that she had seen the Sasquatch. What about smell? Smell is quite often, if you look, read some of the older books, you get the, you get the impression these things smell like a sulfur bit all the time. Exactly. I find maybe one every 10 reports, if that, make any mention of smell at all. A lot of people who have claimed an odor claim to have seen the odor in the area after it had moved off. In other words, maybe it's kind of a glandular thing, like mountain gorillas have, or orangutans have, especially the males. When they feel threatened or stressed, they give off this pungent odor. And it basically hangs around the area, and you may even get mainly detected after it's gone, or whatever it happens to happen. A lot of people reported about the Sasquatch. Roger Pass and Bob Dinnan reported a smell lingering in the area after it was gone. You know, but most of the time, nobody sees smells anything. Most of the time. maybe it doesn't smell any worse than any other animal having to walk through a river in 48 hours. You know, who knows? Who knows? But I find, yeah, despite the older books, no, they don't smell all the time. But if they do, they smoke pretty bad. I remember myself and Bill Miller once investigating. We come across this absolutely horrendous pungent odor. And I even went into the bushway trying to find it. We expected to find something dead in there. And after about 40 minutes of looking around, we didn't see any. That was the key thing. The smell started to dissipate. 
And um, obviously, if something was dead there, it wouldn't have dissipated that quickly. But it started to dissipate and fade. Was the Sasquatch responsible for it? I don't know. I didn't see anything. All I remember is how powerful that odor was. And that, and it, you know, it started to dissipate and dissipated rather quickly. But there have been times I've encountered black bears that stink to high heaven. You know, most of the time they don't stink at all. You know, make, animals roll and stuff. You know, if, you know, if it's a hot day and they've been out in it all day, they tend to smell. I don't know whether the Sasquatch gives off an odor for defensive reasons or it's just, like I said, doesn't smell any worse than any other animal. Walk through river in 48 hours. But people report a strong sulfur-like smell, you know, rotting flesh smell, that kind of thing. It is reported, but it's by far the minority of all reports make any mention of it at all. Now this is an interesting report. This fellow, we call him Monkey Man. Because his, his name is Martin. Easy going guy, worked hard all his life, never went beyond grade five in school. In the summer of 2009, he had a job overlooking, keeping an eye out as a watchman on heavy equipment logging companies up the west side of Harrison Lake. If you go up to the 12 kilometer point on the west side of Harrison Lake, there's this sharp hairpin turn. If you're driving something big, you better slow down or you're going to flip. Well, in 2009, he was heading up there to do a, a gate-watching job when he saw this thing, the sight of a chimpanzee coming out of the trees and run across the road in front of him, and he said it took off like a shot. Bill Miller knew this man for years. Mm -hmm. He knew a Bill did. Bill's a colleague of mine. Actually, you know, I like what you do. Find it interesting. Ain't never seen anything of Sasquatch. But you know someone dropped off a darn monkey. Mm -hmm. And he goes, what are you talking about? Someone dropped off a monkey. I saw a monkey. He said, what do you mean a monkey? But did it have a tail? Organ grinder's hat on? Like, what are you talking about? Goes, no, no, no. It didn't. He said, it's all right. You start asking questions, you know, it's a monkey. I mean, this man, it, it doesn't matter if you're talking about gorillas, orangutans, or teeny little spider monkeys. It's all monkey to him. Okay? Got a grill there, he'll call it a monkey. It's an orangutan, he'll call it a monkey, you know. But what he was talking about was like he thought it was a chimpanzee. He said, someone dropped off a monkey up there. Finally, Bill, out of frustration, said, Mark, what makes you think it could have been a Sasquatch? It wasn't big enough. You know, Sasquatch was supposed to be a big thing, seven, eight feet tall. This thing, you know, very four feet high. And Bill says, you know, polar bears ain't that big. I mean, they're cute, fuzzy little cuddly things when they're born. You can put them in your pocket. <laughs> you know, they grow. It was like a light bulb went off over his head. Like the thought never occurred to him. Maybe it was a Sasquatch he saw. A young one. All he knows is it came out and it dashed across the road, which really irritated the heck out of me because I've been past that spot 150 times myself and never seen anything. You know? But he did. That's Bill. Like I'm basically taking a picture where he was. There's Bill standing where he saw the thing, and he was barely four, four feet tall. So the, the creature he saw probably would have came up to just above Bill's waist. And he, but he said it ripped across the road. He said it, it crossed the road. It zipped, gone. So it obviously saw him and his car coming around the corner. Now this man, we'll call him, I'll call him in. This is one of the more recent. He lives up, he has a cabin up on the south shore of Pitt Lake. If anyone knows where uh, 
the Rainy Road is. That's a road that goes in the south end of Pit Lake. Here's a cabin. He was coming south and he saw what he thought was a security guard because there had been a television show filming a movie on the side of the of the roadways in the previous week. And they had fake police cars there and stuff that would leave out there overnight. They had a security guard left there to keep an eye on. Well, when he would start coming down the road, he thought this figure, this black figure crossing the road, very tall black figure crossing the road, he thought it was a large security guard crossing the road because they were pretty close to the spot where the film crew was. Was till he got a lot closer to outside, but he realized there were no police cars there anymore, no trucks, no vans, they were gone. So he doesn't know what it was he saw. He said it was upright and it was jet black. He said it came out, it crossed and splashed through the, the, the trench on the left-hand side of the road, which is water about six feet deep, came through the tall grass, crossed the road, went through the water, disappeared the trees on the right-hand side, and it's also about six feet deep on the right-hand side. But he said he was a fair distance away from it because he couldn't see any details. It was just big and black. And this occurred on July the 12th, 2013. My car is where his car was, and I'm standing about where the figure was. So that's about as far away as he was from, as the car is from me when he saw it across the road. And again, something went through there. There's the trail. Something went through the tall grass and left a weight behind it. We didn't do that. Some, something or somebody else did. Now, going out on the west, out on the west coast, and we see animal tracks all the time, so we know animal tracks when we see them. That's a cougar track. More cougar tracks. This was a fun, kind of funny thing, because that vehicle tracks, that's our ATV. Um, we went through there, got out, went back a little ways, we saw the tracks in our vehicle tracks. So this cougar, was following us, but we never saw it. We never saw it. The mute, you can see the width of the tire track there. That's a big cat. So he was following us, but we never saw it. So we did the only logical thing. We ate our lunch. <laughs> yeah, he followed us. And I see bear tracks out there all the time. I was on route for Shrew's Road, a large black bear print. So I know the difference between cat tracks and bear tracks. That's a grizzly track. That was on American Creek Forest Service Road. That's a large grizzly track. By the way, anyone tells you we don't have grizzlies in this area? They don't know what they're talking about. Yes, we do. And we have some pretty big ones as well. well you, you or Bill have a picture of them about Deer Lake. Hmm? Either you or Bill have a picture of one up about Deer Lake. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We, we, we filmed one. We nearly ran into it in our carrier. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was up the east side of Harrison Lake with BBR 5400 with this huge bear was right on the road right in front of us. We had yeah. nowhere to go. This is when you had the ladies with you up. No, 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 that was later. This is when we were by ourselves. I mean, this was the biggest grizzly I ever saw. Okay. He was Kodiak proportions. And he just looked at us and gave us, he turned sideways so we could see how big he was. You know, they do that to show you how big they are. And then he turned around and he dove into the ferns off to the side of the road and it was like he dove into water, he disappeared. You know, we never saw him again. So we did a dignified three-point turn, or multi-point turn, that turned this RV around and we headed back down because we didn't know if he was trying to, you know, flank us or anything like that. Because there's one room, I mean, we didn't even have bear spray on us. We just went up there to test out the new machine, Clarus Ranger. So we didn't even have bear spray on us that day. When we saw the signs, we should have seen it. We saw the scat there the size of dinner plates. We should have paid attention to that. 
and not gone any further, but we didn't. We either ran into this this big boy out there. And I would have been in Venice because there's one golden rule in bear country. If you're in bear country, make sure you're with somebody you can outrun. <laughs> I told Bill that. I can run faster than he can. But you can see the kind of country we live in in the Harrison, right? This is that kind of beautiful land. I mean, you go there at night, you won't see a single porch light. You won't see nothing. And people wonder if there's room out there for something like the Sasquatch to exist in British Columbia. You bet it there is. This place is gorgeous. There's, there's all kinds of room for a whole population of such animals. The perfect normal only ever coming across people in the odd occasion. If you look at my map boards, as a matter of fact, in my office and stuff, you see every sighting report is either on a roadside, a riverbank, a, a lake shore, a beachfront, someplace. In other words, where people are to see them. You have these great masses of green there where there's no pins. That's not because there's no Sasquatch there, it's because there's no one there to see them, let alone report them. So Sasquatch sightings mostly occur when they come near people, not the other way around. Mount Brackenridge, the caldera, extinct volcano, hopefully it will stay, well, not extinct, dormant, hopefully it will remain that way. The rock slide that's up uh, Chilliwack Lake, I got stuck up there one day the year before this, and that slide came down and took up that whole campground in the area where my vehicle was stuck. They are not planning on reopening that road. That's unfortunate. It was a great road to go down and look. It's a great shortcut that led right up to Mystery Valley, which can take you right to the west side of Harrison Lake. And now it's cut off because of this rock slide that came down in the winter of 2007. Took out the campground, took out the road, and made a tsunami quite, quite severe. Uh, this is the area near the Hope Slide, not too far from there. Beautiful Valley with Jenny Britt and two other people have reported Sasquatch sightings out there. Just gorgeous. Even if you have no interest in this subject at all, I mean, when you can get to go out in a country like this all the time, that alone makes it worthwhile. If you like the outdoors, go look for the Sasquatch. You may see one. How do you think they eat? I think they're omnivores. I think they're omnivores. I think they uh, basically mostly 90% of the diet is probably vegetation of all types, but they will not pass up uh, a fish or a squirrel or a rabbit. I don't believe they make a habit of killing large game. If they did, I think we'd know more about them. We'd have ranchers and farmers complain about lost livestock and things like that. That doesn't seem to happen too much. Uh, I, I think they probably scavenge on dead things. They don't seem to have claws or canines. They're not natural predators. But they're undoubtedly big enough and strong enough to kill if they so choose to do so. There's been a lot of people who tried baiting. I've tried it myself a few times. We've set up camera tracks. And so far, I've gotten a lot of pictures of crows, pictures of deer, pictures of bear, picture of Bill Miller running away from the camera after he set it up, picture of me trying to come up and check it out. But so far, not a Sasquatch, and no one else has either. But you gotta remember, most camera traps, you're covering a 100-foot space, hoping that something, an old thousand acres, is gonna walk through that 100-foot space. So it's a long shot, but still, try it, do it, you never know. Yes? Um, it kind of might be just a game, like last on a field trip, to this, you know, to this place where you can see grizzlies. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure, like, there's 
Well, who knows? I just hope someone gets a picture if they do. Yeah. You know, I was saying earlier, the Americans, one thing I like about Canada is the attitude of the people is so different than that of the United States. You know, we're so laid back here. You know, you know, we take everything with a grain of salt. That's what I love about Canadians. In America, Bigfoot's everywhere. Come stop here, have our Bigfoot burgers. Stop at the Bigfoot bar and grill. Have a Bigfoot piece of pie. Bigfoot this, Bigfoot that, yada, yada, yada. Every town has Bigfoot statues everywhere. Canada, we don't have that, except for Harrison Hot Springs. It's a one town in all, all of British Columbia where they push the Sasquatch. It's a big statue outside, outside of Soyuz, Soyuz, too, though, right? A big statue outside of Soyuz of a Sasquatch? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, Adrian Erickson built that statue. <laughs> yeah. All right, his, his defunct, uh, gone, gone wrong uh, real estate project got that way. Good statue. There's, There's a few, yeah, big. But, we, but here we don't have it. We don't have it as part of the, of the you know, the public eye of the Americans. I mean, in the United States, oh, there's a documentary coming on about Bigfoot. That's interesting. I'll watch it. In Canada, oh, a documentary the Sasquatch. Well, that's interesting. But the Canucks are playing the Canadians tonight. I'm going to watch that. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing. That's what I love here. So when someone sees something. And someone said, and they're so reluctant to tell about it, I find. Whereas in the United States, a lot of the way it is now, I think people, a lot of people are just making up things, hoping you'll put them on finding Bigfoot. That's why when they have those town halls and you see people putting their hands up all the time, I think after people are there, just there hoping to see themselves on the TV show. You know, that's one of the unfortunate drawbacks of such a program. You know, I mean, there are people that will make anything up nowadays. It used to be. You know, just for their 15 minutes of fame. I mean, you really, really gotta listen carefully and look for the red flags. And you know, when someone's changing your chain, and I'm not enough not to think everyone's telling me the truth. If there is no Sasquatch, none of them. You know, unless it's mistaken identity. That's the only two possibilities. There is a Sasquatch, and at least half the people I've talked to saw what they claim to have seen. The other half are either mistaking or making it up. Well, there is no Sasquatch, and they're all either mistaking or making it up. Because those are the only two possibilities. I am in the camp of a biological creature, a creature of flesh and blood. It's been here, and it still is here, and it's still continuing. I am not into this interdimensional, shape-shifting, time-traveling, super goblin rocket man that so many talk about all you got to do is listen to coast to coast radio for a month and you hear all that garbage. I mean it's everywhere. I mean like I said 98% of what you see on YouTube is that kind of nonsense and it's rude and I don't go out and howl at the moon like a, like a moron. You know like you know, all that stuff you see him do saying oh we're, we're calling Sasquatch. And listening for a reply. Like the big <laughs> website. Uh, yes, ma'am. Could you show us the uh, the Patterson footage? Yes, I have it here. Does anyone as not know what Patterson Gimlin film is? Hmm? I move on to this area. We, we don't hear much about Sasquatch in the field. Would you stand up? <laughs> I want everyone to witness. 
<laughs> that I met somebody who did not know about the Patterson Gimlin film. I never thought I'd ever see it. Thank you. You made my day. You made my day. A friend of mine named Bob Gimlin, who's still alive, was friends with Roger Patterson, and they went down to the Block Creek region in Northern California, and they were there looking for evidence on October 20th, 1967. Roger Patterson was carrying a spring wound Cine Kodak K100 60mm movie camera. The horses both panicked when they detected this thing in their presence. Roger managed to get the camera. Unfortunately for us, Roger only had 952 frames left in that roll of film when he started filming the subject because he had taken so many scenic shots beforehand and stuff like that. It's known as the Patterson Gimlin footage. Roger lost his horse, the pack horse was lost, they took off. Bob Gimlin managed to control his horse and he remained mounted during this whole incident. Well, it was Bob that really got the good look at it. If you ever look through the eyepiece of the Sydney Kodak K100, it's like looking through a pair of binoculars backwards. I don't know how Roger could have seen anything. And you gotta remember, this is 1967, right? Home movie cameras were quite different than the nice camcorders we have today. And there was sure a difference in film quality between professional and amateur. I mean, you all, all you were old enough to remember those old movie cameras and those remember your old parents' home movies. That's what we're talking about here. People say it was a badly blurred film. It's not really. It's no worse than the Sapruder film who filmed the assassination of President Kennedy in 1963. You know, that's the kind of quality we're talking about. Now Roger pressed the button and he was running as he was filming, so you'll notice it's very jumpy. I'll show you the film in proper speed here. The copy of the film I have is a first generation copy from the camera original itself. It's a copy of John Green. I have special permission to display this, okay? And I ask that all video cameras monitors be shut down. Okay, dear listener, that about wraps it up for now. My name is Jerry Matthews. You can reach me at yellowcoyote at talus.net. Thank you for your interest, and until the next time, keep searching. <laughs>